This episode is brought to you by DeSanto Propane. DeSanto has been serving the energy needs of upstate New York since 1937. They're a fourth-generation family-owned business that has prioritized dependability, reliability, and integrity. If you have energy needs, call DeSanto and tell them we sent you. Visit DeSantoPropane.com to learn more. And by the Fox family of dealerships on Route 5 in Auburn. Check out their vast inventory of new and used cars by visiting FoxDealerships.com. From FingerLakes1.com, this is Inside the FLX. I'm Josh Durso. Today, our program begins with the announcement that Port 100, a co-working space in downtown Geneva, will receive $30,000 in funding to continue operation. Uh, those funds won't just sustain operation, though. It will actually help grow it in 2020 and beyond. To discuss all of that, my guest this hour is Maureen Bellatori. She manages Port 100 and runs her marketing business out of the co-working space, too. Maureen. Thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. You have got to be one of the busiest people in Geneva. It's a um, fact. <laughs> but level with me, how exciting was it uh, that, that funding had been secured when you found out that funding was fully secured for 2020 and beyond? Yeah, um, it was a huge relief. I mean, we worked for so long. Um, we discovered in early 2019 that the Geneva City Council might not continue to fund Port 100. And so the worry kind of started there um, and then definitely escalated in October when we discovered that we, in fact, did not receive any funding from Geneva City Council. So um, the fact that everything was able to fall into place between you know mid-October and mid-December was just a massive relief that the... 12 plus businesses and individuals that are in Port 100 didn't have to leave. Well, it felt to the, on the outside, obviously, it felt very sudden. Uh, the announcement from city council that they weren't going, the decision seemed very sudden. It seemed to take mm -hmm. shape in only a few weeks. But like you said, it was actually months and months of, of worry. Yeah. Talk us through what that felt like, just sort of the day to day of having to, you know, deal with that and, mm -hmm. and wonder if Port 100 was going to exist the way it does now come January? Yeah. Um, I am very stubborn. <laughs> and so it was really never an, a possibility or an option for me that Port 100 would close. So regardless of what happened with council, I was confident that we would either find s sourcing, you know, and support from some other source or 29 Design Studio would step up and take, you know, a major role in continuing that forward, just, you know, shifting some things around that were more beneficial for our agency. Um, so failure wasn't really an option in my mind. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, before this year, Port 100, before 2019, I should say, Port 100 was was thriving and has been thriving mm -hmm. for, for several years now. Um, walk us through sort of the evolution of what the last few years have looked like for Port 100 and, and what it looks like now, present day, versus what it started out as yeah. you know, three years ago. Yeah, certainly. So when Port 100 began in um, 
2017? Yeah, yeah. 2017. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was, I think the primary intention and thought was that businesses were going to come in there, use it as an incubator space, and then graduate out Mm -hmm. and, you know, continue to grow the, you know, the the businesses that occupy storefronts in downtown Geneva. That was the original idea. But really we found, um, and I think everyone was was a little surprised by the fact that people that came in there wanted to stick around. They didn't want to use it. You know, some have come there, started, graduated, and, and grown out. And um, Kowalski Legal, I think, is the classic example of someone who did that. He was there for a few months while he waited for his office space to open, you know, and he's even graduated out of the second office space that he's in into a third, even larger space. Um, but I think what nobody expected was that people were going to want to stay and grow and incubate their businesses within Port 100 and not want to leave. And so we see that more than, than we see, you know, folks leaving, which is, which was surprising, but, um, there's something special about, about coworking and about people being able to work together and have, you know, an instant culture and camaraderie with a bunch of other like-minded people, even if you're a company of one. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, because it, is it a, a, an interesting sort of reflection of what modern business has sort of evolved into where, mm-hmm. you know, being nimble, being able to move from space yeah. to space, minute to minute is, you know, pretty important in 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And think of it from the startup culture aspect of it too, that, you know, you're, you're a company of one and, you know, you're, you're growing, but you're solving problems, you know, throughout the course of your day. And you've got a community of people who have, who are either solving those same problems for themselves or have already done that, you know, and can offer some advice, you know, as you're, as you're starting. So certainly the, the culture of remote workplaces, flex workspaces is absolutely where things are going. And 29 design studio, you know, we, I started that, you know, our growth as just me at Port 100. Our first employee we brought on, you know, who works there with me every day. We have a secondary co-working space in Rochester and another co-working space in Albany. And so it works for us because we can just, you know, create that instant culture for our people without having to have an office that we pay massive rent for, you know, that we heat and, you know, we sign a long-term lease for and all that stuff. It's that flexibility that people can have. So now that the the funding has been secured, mm-hmm. um, walk us through what what some of the changes might be that mm-hmm. are, that are coming in twenty twenty yes. and beyond. Yep, yep. So, um, so there's three things that we've committed to in order to receive the funding from Ontario County Economic Development Council. And so the first one is that we're building out some semi-private spaces within the co-work. And so that means that we wanted people to have somewhere that they can have a semi-private, you know one-on-one meeting with a friend or a colleague, you know, or a visitor or something like that. Um, So that's the first thing that we're working on. And then um, in 2021, and so we're actually starting it in the spring just to kind of get rolling early, but we have agreed to put on some additional programming to support entrepreneurs. And so, you know, it really just continues to further the support that you're getting within the Port 100 space anyway, but just opens it up to external sources. How do I structure my business? How do I start on social media? 
Um, you know, how am I supposed to do my books? How do I start a website? You know, some of the stuff that, you know, all startups struggle with. So that's the second thing. And then the third is that we've committed to just have more people come through there, you know? And so, uh, I think it's 20 more businesses that will pass through the space in the next three years. Uh, we've had 30 in the last three. Incredible. What uh, what's the message do you think that that this sends uh, not just to the community of Geneva but sort of the co-working community mm-hmm. in general? Um, now that you guys have secured the funding and have a really good plan for moving forward. Yeah. So I believe that co-working is really synonymous with economic development. And even if businesses are not coming into Port 100 and and using it as an incubator space and graduating out like the city initially intended and thought was going to happen with Port 100. It still is giving, you know, startups the resources that they need to be able to start and grow. So you're, you're creating businesses, you're helping them grow. So you're creating jobs, you know, you're retaining talent, you know, and that sort of, um, you know, forethought and, of having like a progressive community that nurtures that kind of culture is a really important thing as well. Um, and you know, we I talk a lot about the entrepreneur side and the startup side because that's my life, right? But a lot of the members at Port 100 are remote workers too that work for larger companies, the Ballot Initiative Strategy Center, March of Dimes, you know. So larger companies, there's a there's you know all sorts of, of that going on, and so as larger corporations become more remote friendly, Geneva being ahead of the curve and having a space, you know, and the whole Finger Lakes, you know, I shouldn't say Geneva only because it is Ontario County and the whole Finger Lakes region as a whole. You know, I know there's spaces popping up in Seneca Falls. There's one that's just recently started in Auburn. We've got some places in Victor, multiples in Rochester, you know, for the whole upstate New York community to be you know, thriving in this way and thinking ahead is just going to continue that progressive culture to help us attract and retain the talent that we need to create more jobs and, and start more businesses and, you know, support the the uh, economy. Is this also a bit of a signal to uh, economic development professionals across the region to look at their smallest uh, smallest companies, the smallest businesses, entrepreneurs as you know, viable economic development strategies uh-huh. instead of just dumping money into larger corporations or larger businesses that yeah. may promise, you know, yeah. a few dozen jobs, but maybe don't have the same impact. Sure. So I believe that there has been a massive shift in the last handful of years with all of the local economic development agencies to offer more support to the little guy. You've, I've seen it in, you know, Ontario County, certainly in Monroe County as well. And so I think that there absolutely is a shift, a po- very positive one in that direction. Um, economic development agencies know that it isn't just about the Xeroxes of the world anymore, yeah. you know, and that there's more there's more to it than 50 jobs or 400 jobs, you know, that are that are created from a single organization. But a majority of the jobs that are created in communities are created by small businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, economic development agencies know that now and, and are supporting things like Port 100 because they see the impact of how supporting something like that, you know, can ricochet and grow into other things. Since the announcement in Ontario County, what has been the reception from the community and sort of the business community as well, I guess? I don't know if I would say, if I should say disbelief, but, yeah. um, you know, I I think that there was 
a lot of surprise, you know, that we did it, right? And that that we got what we needed to be able to continue. You know, it was a lot of like, oh my God, that's so great. But also excitement. You know, I, th- I don't think anybody really wanted to see Port 100 close, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly no one told me, which is probably a good thing because we would have had a long, lengthy conversation about that. But um, it, it's been wildly positive. You know, we had a relaunch uh, reception last Thursday, which was very well attended by, you know, all sorts of folks in the community who all spoke, you know, highly supportive of, you know, kudos, congratulations. I'm so excited to see this, you know, continue to, to be a resource that's available to folks in the community. When you were going through the process um, of negotiating, I guess it would be the, the terms of this new, uh, the new deal, when did it start to feel like it was a, a real chance that Ontario County Economic Development would back you guys and would back Port 100 in 2020? Was there a moment in the, the process uh-huh. yeah. when it started to feel real? Yeah, so uh, we got a feature on the cover of the Finger Lakes Times mm-hmm. uh, the day that that uh, Geneva City Council passed the budget that did not include, include right. any support for um, Port 100. So the next day, uh, Mike Manikowski of Ontario County Economic Development and, and the IDA and everything um, called... Sage and said, hey, this is so cool. I just saw this article, you know, really exciting what Port 100's got going on. She said, your timing couldn't be better. They could use some support. And so the following week, we had a meeting with OCEDC um, executives. Sue Vary came out and saw the space. You know, we it it really was not a hard sell because right. they, they, they instantly got it. And so we had, you know, in early conversations in early October, um, you know, we presented to the board. Sage was, you know, joined us at that meeting, you know, has been highly supportive throughout this entire process. The, you know, the entire Geneva City, you know, organization has been super supportive. Um, so she joined us at the the meeting where we just explained, you know, look at all of the value that Port 100 is contributing to the community. You know, uh, we would love your support. And so they they encouraged us to to ask for multi-year support. They said, you know, we don't think that this is something that is going to just be a one and done year. And, you know, we encourage you to ask for the support that you need, you know. And so that's where the the 30,000 came from and the build out, you know, and the, the programming. So for frame of reference, for people who might not really understand or, or know or have heard of co-working before, uh-huh. um, how does a business operate out of a co-working space or how would an entrepreneur work out of a co-working space on sort of the day-to-day level? Sure. What does that look like? Yeah. So you purchase a membership, which is based on your access. And so less access costs less money. You can have a membership at Port 100 for as little as 50 bucks a month, which if you can't afford 50 bucks a month, you know. That's one of the first things, right, in it budgeting in okay. terms of starting and growing your business. So um, as you increase your access to the space, we have uh, remote opportunities available for $125 a month where you can come in every single day and utilize the space, carry in, carry out. For 200 bucks a month, um, you have a dedicated workspace. You know, With all of those, you can have an office address. I mean, and that's, that's an... A, a, challenge too right for startups is you know well where do I see clients and you know what is my office address and all that stuff you know you can Mm -hmm. have a downtown address for your business that's not you know your living room or your or your kitchen table 
And so for some, there's benefit in that. So um, between 50 and, and 200 bucks a month, you can utilize all of the resources within the co-work. What are the ingredients that make a successful co-working space? Culture. I mean, a prioritization of culture is really the most important important thing. You've got there's there's basics, right? You have to have you know clean workspace, fast internet. You know, um, a big thing too is is proximity to great places to grab a quick lunch. Yeah. You know, that's one of the things that that makes Port 100's location so great. We are all I think we keep char open uh, <laughs> because we're there so often. Um, and you know, FLX Freibird, we're we're all big supporters there. So the location is is a big part of it. But really, the people who come into Port 100 and stay stay there because they love the people, you know, and it's um, when, especially as a remote worker, you know, someone, someone who works for a larger company that they can work from their, from their living room. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they choose to come in to Port 100 is because of the people that are there, you know, and the relationships that, that you can have with the other members. And I wanted to I wanted to get into this a little bit. Um, obviously, the the sort of the landscape of co working in general with WeWork, uh, sort of going through a very public failure um, <laughs> challenge. Not, <laughs> okay, um, it doesn't really translate. It's funny because you can watch that storyline, and if you knew nothing about Port One Hundred or nothing about all these great local options as far as co working spaces go, uh-huh. you would have a. a, a broad misunderstanding of, of how successful mm. operations like Port 100 have been. So mm-hmm. I, I, I guess what I am curious about is not just the, the reaction or sort of the state of co-working in general, yeah. but how you guys cut through that noise so yeah. that people understand what really is going on. Yeah. I mean, I think that one of the things that that Port 100 really hangs its hat on is the community support piece. You know, we're mm-hmm. not just looking to make money. You know, I mean, frankly, we're just looking to break even. Um, but we believe in offering a community service, you know, the support that that organizations need to be able to grow. Um, and, you know, we do open co-working days once a month so that even without a membership, you can come in and utilize the space and meet the members and, and benefit from the community that's there regardless if you have the resources or not to be able to do that. And so I think that that is one thing, you know, a small co-work in a small town that has worked for us, you know, and I think that uh, WeWork's woes have come from a variety of other things, poor management, you know, um, and and it's it's different on a scale that large, right? It's with right. anything, yeah. you know, it could be that you're you're selling digital cameras and you're competing against Kodak, right? Mm-hmm. That it's it's all about how you choose to do business and the decisions, the day-to-day decisions that you make on a regular basis to move the organization forward and and you know, so co-working especially with what we work is going through uh definitely has been a challenge, but we work's challenges have also um helped people get a little bit of a better understanding of what co-working is you know regardless of that so i'm a silver lining kind of person and that's the silver lining for me absolutely and, and it is clearly silver lining uh, how freeing is it being able to uh, you mentioned it a minute ago uh, operate port 100 without necessarily worrying about making a profit yeah being able to to have that support in the community without yeah. having to worry about the the money 
Right, right. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the big reason why I think we're we're so grateful for, you know, OCEDC being able to see the importance of the contribution that the community service that Port 100 plays and, and contributes to the community. So um, it is, it is a huge relief to not have to worry about like, well, how am I going to live off of this? You know, it's just something that frankly is probably a very poor business decision in my you know, for me, because I'm taking, you know, time and energy away from growing 29 design studio to keep port 100 alive and growing and thriving and all of this programming that we're planning to put on and stuff like that. But it makes sense to me because I, I believe in the impact that it has on the community. And your business, 29design Studio, yeah. um, how has that grown and evolved while you've also been yeah. taking care of Port 100 as, as it has grown right. and evolved? Yeah. So they're hand in hand in, in my mind. I mean, we, we're all in on, on the Finger Lakes and, you know, whole we're all in on, on Geneva and Ontario County. Yeah. So, you know, those things being synonymous just makes sense for us really um and it's also a nice added perk that the what port 100 stands for supporting the community providing resources you know regardless of what your you know your financial state is and and stuff like that is something that i align with 29 design studio too and so for the synonymous culture and you know community support aspect of it it's just made sense for for both organizations to be able to to grow turning the clock back about three and a half four years Uh um what would you tell your what would present day you (laughs) tell three and a half year ago version you uh-huh. um, about this whole process yeah. and maybe a lesson or two that you might have given yourself back then so that you didn't have to learn it in, in the harder way over the last few. Man, that's a tough one. So three and a half years ago, I worked at a law firm full time. I had um, I had a toddler and an infant at home and still was questioning whether or not I wanted to go off on my own, but really ultimately knew that I wanted that control and I wanted to be able to build something that I was proud of, like I was raising my kids to, you know, to be good people. I wanted to start good businesses. So I had no, I mean, I left the law firm and, you know, started working in coffee shops with 29 Design Studio. We moved into Port 100 the day that it opened. I knew it was just what I needed. So what would I have told myself the 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 law firm version of me about what I've learned so far um, is I guess just to keep going and that the tenacity and the um, stubbornness that I definitely got from my father uh, does have a place in business in a good way you know like without without being like a a stickler stick in the mud in like a you know in a bad stubborn way but in like that's Port 100 succeeded because I refused to let it close and that's something I'm very proud of. If you were talking to, and I'm sure you do have these conversations from time to time, when you talk to folks who maybe are interested in starting up their own co-working space in uh-huh. other communities, yeah. um, what are some of the things that you that you sort of try to instill in them beyond that mm-hmm. that vigor and that energy of not giving up? 
Yeah, I think that for for both entities, for 29design studio and Port 100, one of the best business lessons I've learned is that people really if you're if you're if you approach it with the right kind of mindset, people are always willing to help. So, you know, um, Craig Webster of Metro Cowork Spaces in Rochester, you know, was was somebody I just called up out of the blue when we were struggling with Port 100 and said, "How do I fix? How do I fix this? What can I do? Am I missing something?" Like, you know, um, and he was very kind in in helping us. And I have gotten cold calls from other local co-working owners to say, you know, what kind of what kind of technology are you using to create that digital culture for the members of your co-working space? How are you getting people access, you know, without like a physical key into the space? It's logistical stuff like that that can sometimes be, you know, challenging. And so my advice would be, you know, it's what the worst thing that you can that can happen if you reach out to somebody else for help is that they say no. When you look at 2020, what is what is the thing that makes you most excited uh, about for Port 100? Um, so we are finally going to prioritize some of the programming that we've really wanted to do, and we've sort of had fits and starts about that. You know, um, over the past couple of years, it was something that was in the original plan for Port 100 to do some regular you know, either monthly or quarterly programming. And so now we are bringing that to the forefront. Um, I'm working with Hobart, Port 100 is working with Hobart and William Smith Colleges. Craig Talmadge and I are leading a six-week marketing accelerator um, program where students of the college as well as community members will work together to create a marketing campaign for a local beneficiary business. And I'm really proud of all of the the parts and pieces and I won't begin to claim that I did that on my own. It was something that Craig and I, you know, dreamed up. But um, it just hits on so many points that make sense for everybody. It gets the Hobart and William Smith College students ingrained with the community. It gets the community, you know, access to some really in-depth, it's a six-week program, a really in-depth programming that they can take back to their organizations or their their own business ideas. And it benefits local Main Street businesses that couldn't have otherwise afforded, you know, that kind of research and, and execution. And so it's, it's stuff like that, all of those synergies really coming together, you know, Think of that, that without OCEDC, without, you know, the collaboration of the colleges, without, you know, um, all of those things coming together, that in particular would not have been able to happen. And so I really think that we're laying all of these really smart building blocks to be able to continue to grow in some really exciting ways. Exciting stuff. And we are really happy for you guys getting that secure, getting the funding secured. Um Last question for you. How can folks learn more about what you guys have to offer? How can they sign up for a membership at Port yep. 100? Yep. So all of the details are available at port100cowork.com. We have all of our events on the website, and you can RSVP on the Port 100 Cowork Facebook page. Um, tours are available anytime, and you can uh, send a Facebook message or respond to us via the website to schedule one of those tours. All right. Maureen, thanks so much for the time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this hour on Inside the FLX. I'm Josh Durso, and we'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, download the FingerLakes1.com app to have the latest local breaking news, alerts, and podcasts delivered right to your hand each and every day. Follow and subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. 
If you enjoy the program and can support us, head over to patreon.com slash FL1 to pledge monthly support. If you have an idea for a show or simply want to let your voice be heard, drop us an email or leave us a voice message by visiting insidethefx.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you.